if you can build trust and love with the people that you meet, how do we make world peace? This is how. Through making peace with whoever you meet. And that's a way to pay it forward, that we create peace around us. We are salam, uh, or mu-islam, or islam is all about peace, creating peace wherever you are. And when people feel peace and feel trusting, they can relax and not fight and give in to their nefs. So it's a way of delivering the truth by being the being peace. So I'd like to read from Sheikh's book, The Sun Will Rise in the West, uh, about initiation into Tarika. Quote, Bismillah Rahman Rahim. Verily, those who pledge their allegiance to you, Muhammad, pledge allegiance only to Allah. The hand of Allah is over their hands. So whoever breaks his oath with oath breaks it only to his own nest, harm. And whoever keeps his covenant with Allah, on him will he soon bestow a great reward. But Allah has never mandated more than belief in his sovereignty and righteous conduct based on his moral codes. There have invariably existed certain individuals for whom simple compliance with such codes has not satisfied their deeper spiritual yearnings. These are the people of whom Allah said, I have created some people for my zat, which is the divine essence. Their spiritual gratification comes only with the attainment of a state of oneness with their Lord while living in the flesh on earth. This high spiritual station was held by many prophets and other saintly individuals and was handed down in turn to a few of their followers who wished for this profound state. In the Jewish tradition, the Kabbalah was a method through which this was achieved. Within Islam, the means through which the seeker aspires to unity with the law is the way of Tasawuf, known in the West as Sufism. The Sufi path is modeled on the Miraj, Prophet Muhammad's night journey to the presence of Allah while still living on earth. He returned with experiential knowledge which could lead his devout followers to their own personal annihilation in the divine essence. The first of his companions to ask about the lessons learned during the Mirage was Muhammad's cousin, Ali. The following account of a conversation between the Prophet and Ali, which highlights two key elements of the path of Tasawuf, is transmitted by the great Sufi saint, Sheikh Gawul Azam Abdul Qadir al-Jilani, in his book of Sufi teachings, Language of Gems, written in the 12th century. Quote, in the Hadiths, it is said that the Prophet took a word from his Sahabi, that they were going to obey Allah. This taking one's word, i.e. making a pact, 
bayat is modeled after such occasions and is what makes it legal. Ali asked the messenger of Allah, which is the easiest and most revered path in the presence of Allah for those servants who wish to be close to Allah? O Ali, you must continue making zikr of Allah in private. So the merit of zikr is this high, but everything is making zikr of Allah. Upon this, the prophet said, don't get carried away, Ali. Allah is not going to destroy the world as long as there are people who are saying Allah. Oh, messenger of Allah, can you teach me how to make zikr? Let me say it three times and you listen. Then you say it three times and I will listen. He closed his eyes, raised his voice and said, La ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah. And Ali listened. Then Ali closed his eyes, raised his voice and said, la ilaha illallah three times. This is the origin of inculcating zikr in the Mirid. May Allah make us reach this. So there's a couple things here I'd like to talk about. And that is the idea of what it means to listen. Now, it was required for Ali to listen, and, it was and Muhammad also listened. Peace be upon both of them. The idea of listening is a very high concept. To me, it's one of the lost arts. <laughs> In that to listen, you have to put away yourself and not have ongoing conversations with yourself as you listen about what you want to say. Listening requires you to be quiet, <laughs> both inside and outside, meaning you're not going to make noise while somebody's talking. You're going to listen by putting away all of your thoughts and everything until you've heard what's happening. This is, I'm going to speak a little bit as a musician. This is very difficult to reach, to be able to listen to something without trying to respond immediately, but to let it come in and settle. And then as you listen to it, to ponder it, to examine it, to look at it closely and see how does this respond to what has been said? or what has been played, or whatever the sounds are. Because what's happening is, how the how this universe works is all about vibrations. There's nothing that isn't vibrating. There's nothing that is still. Everything is vibrating at some frequency. A frequency is how fast it vibrates. A pitch is a specific frequency. But even with our eyes, we're seeing at a specific frequency. Uh, we call them angstrom units. In sound, they're called hertz, uh, named after Mr. Hertz, uh, or cycles per second. But this goes all the way from eons all the way to petahertz which 
all these different things we need instruments to turn into our ability to observe, which is just a very small band of frequencies. Is this making sense? Mm -hmm. So listening requires you to tune yourself to what is being transmitted. Now, for each of us, our vibration is so specific and there is no silence. The moment you enter an anechoic chamber, for example, which absorbs all reverberant sound, what do you hear first? Ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. You hear your heart. And when you try to speak, it does not transmit because all the sound is absorbed. Therefore, if you want to talk to somebody that's in an anechoic room, you're going to have to touch your head to their head because that's how, that's the only way the sound is going to be transmitted. In other words, it requires tuning yourself to whatever is being transmitted to be able to listen to it, even though there's all these other sounds going on. Besides the heartbeat, by the way, there's also another sound that you hear when there's no reverberation. There's also the sound of, it sounds like this. And you go, what is that? That's your circulation system. You hear your blood going through your body, which can be and was very disorienting for people who aren't prepared to be able to listen to themselves. That's the sounds that we're making. Not only that, but because we're basically a tube surrounded by meat, that tube is at a specific frequency. We each carry our own fundamental frequency. We are ourselves a veritable container or tube or pipe that can that's going to vibrate at a specific frequency. I believe that every person has their specific fundamental frequency that they tune to. I think through zikr or meditation that you can reach a place where you are at your center, you're grounded, and that tone, wherever it is, through zikr, meditation, reflection, can bring you to a stillness where you are at that place that you are in sync with the rest of the universe. So what I'm suggesting here is when you're listening to somebody or when you're listening to yourself to learn how to adjust your listening to one, where did this come from? If a, if a thought comes up, to listen to that and figure out, is this true? And what is the source of this? Somebody says something, well, it's Thursday. What's the source of Thursday? Well, it's obviously a Teutonic mythology talking about Thor and his day. This is a, a world of appearances. 
our job is to learn to listen for Allah behind the scenes, because it's Allah's vibrations that are going on in reality. What we see and what we hear is an illusion. It's just a momentary manufacturing of matter in this one moment. If we could live for 500, 750 years, we would see the destruction of everything as it morphs into the next phase of its own matter. We don't get to see that because we live such short lives. So my idea here and that what I've been prompted to speak about is to learn how to listen means to stop and be still enough to allow whatever is being communicated to sink in and determine its veracity, its source, its meaning, and if it's from another person, are they talking and reflecting about themselves, or is there a dialogue? <laughs> Very often, it's not a dialogue. It's two monologues going that are not dialoguing. There's not a conversation happening. Learning to have a true conversation means that you're listening to another person and allowing their ideas to take root. And if you don't want them to acknowledge that or, you know, have a discussion. Does that make sense? That's kind of wide ranging. But the idea of this is a world of vibrations and you don't have to be flooded by all of the data. It helps to learn how to filter it and focus and allow one thing at a time to come in so you can examine it and live a little bit more cleanly and clearly. Thoughts? Yeah, it, it, it does make resonates with me. I think I don't I don't listen as much uh, as I should, and I think it's uh, the background noise in your head that always sort of uh, goes around. Getting over that and really listening. So I tried to do that today, and uh, and uh, and I couldn't listen to birds outside as well because otherwise they were sort of uh, before that they, I couldn't hear them because you know you were your head was talking to talking back <laughs> or yeah creating some noise. So yeah, totally totally resonates. Mm. Uh, yeah. I think the question is how to how to improve on that. And okay. Yeah. Yeah. To to improve on that requires some practice. And the practice is to sit somewhere quietly. And you you your thoughts will come up. They're, they're kind of like they're going on all the time. There's there's just chatter. Learning. And the most that you can keep them quiet for is a minute or two. If you imagine, I will be totally meditating for the next 10 to 12 minutes or half hour, that's not going to happen. And for some of us, it's more difficult than, than for others. But the idea of being able to 
be you can watch the thoughts but not engage oh there's that one and you just watch it like clouds going by rather than well there's this thought am i going to say this this is i'm really worried about this oh i've got to get some pick up some milk on the way home this is just sitting for maybe 10 minutes a day you find a quiet moment and you just let everything settle They'll come back up and you watch them and go, and settle. And you, and what this does is it also helps you increase your patience. And the core of that is breath. Learning how to breathe and breathe slowly. When you can control your breath, then you're you. Usually we are controlled by our breath because we're nervous or we're stressed or we're frustrated and the breath becomes short and shallow. And the idea of like taking control of your breath, using your diaphragm to slowly bring it in and out allows you to help oxygenate the blood, which kind of purges the cortisone or whatever adrenaline is flooding the system at the time. This also works really well if you get angry or frustrated. Because physically, what you're doing, when you oxygenate the blood, you burn away the hormones that are interfering. And adrenaline and cortisone and the, there's one more. Adrenaline. So it helps just on a on a human level to be able to take charge of the body. And I think of it as retuning. You know, like you tune your guitar or violin, tuning yourself takes a little bit of practice and time, but I believe it's a very helpful uh, tool in various crises and catastrophes that will happen. Especially, you know, if you're going to get operated on and just learning how to settle the body, let it know things are going to happen. And as my Sheikh said, and give permission to allow them to enter your body. That's really important because also because we are students of Ahmed the Rafai. Just a reminder for those who are taken by it remember you have to allow people to dentists or surgeons or nurses to you allow them to enter your body with a shot or a scalpel or whatever needs to happen helps for healing uh, other thoughts but I to the one's point, what you were saying before, Shay. Mm. So sometimes it's the perception that we are created of a situation from the past as well. So that comes into could come into play. We're having not letting it go. So when the next time the opportunity comes, you're kind of in a defensive mode and you just want to slam the person really. Right. So I think that kind of coincides with oh, the next yes. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So what what that means is if you're listening and something triggers an emotion, and we've all got buttons, 
uh, lift. When a button is triggered and you feel an emotion, it's not the other person. It's you. If you are feeling an emotional reaction, for example, like, um, you don't talk to me that way. I deserve some respect. Just one. Or why don't you love me? I really worked hard. What about me? You know, and there's a whole <laughs> list of possible reactions. First, you determine whether it's you or not you. If it's painful, if it's strong, that's you. And I've always had this image of, I don't know if anybody's ever gone fishing, but when you throw, when you throw the line out, it's got that hook on it. As you're throwing the line out, the barb launches in your shoulder because you didn't. It, that idea of the barb sticking in your in you hurts, and the more you pull it because it's got another barb on it, hurts even more. That means it has to go the other way. You have to push it through. That hurts. But once it's through, then you can heal and you're okay. So what that means in a sense of nefs is that you're gonna have, you have some work ahead of you. And as a Sufi, we acknowledge that we are all filled with all kinds of interesting nefs, all colors and shapes and sizes. Nobody gets out of this without nefs. So accepting it, witnessing it, knowing it's going to bleed a little bit, but pushing it through and allowing whatever process you need to go through to get through it is part of learning how to listen and figure out which is yours and which is not yours. Good. Yeah. Other questions? I do appreciate the idea of um, having to stop and listen. And that's not just, you know, for everything around us. It's also what's within us. Um, we're often distracted by um, random thoughts and not all of them are pretty. So I think it's good to sit down and listen to our souls and what what it's trying to tell us um, in, the, in the sea of all this doubt. Yes. And taking responsibility for them. I think of it like sometimes my, my view of the nest is like this uh, auditorium. <laughs> filled with all these unruly characters and children all running around trying to get atten my attention. And some of them are more powerful than others and say, I want, what about me? I want to, I want to step up here. I want to have some power. I want to have some truth. I want to have some, some, some love. I want, I want, I want. And, um, you know, for a long time, there was no, <laughs> there was no one to take charge. And I realized at a certain point, somebody's got to be the adult in the room. Somebody's got to take care of this assembly of idiots. So um, I realized that's me. This one has to step forward and says, okay, everybody settle down. I'll let you know when I need you. For now, 
be quiet. But they've been noisy for so long that when I say be quiet, as in any schoolroom, they're going to start yelling again. Again, you're the adult. You have to make order here. So just because you say, I want this to be quiet, does not mean they're going to be quiet. So when you sit down to, to go, okay, I am going to meditate, or I'm going to do zikr now, and you start doing your zikr, and these thoughts come in, you have to char take charge. And I was as talk talking to Robert about this. The, uh, the old Windows program, when something goes wrong, abort, retry, ignore comes up. These are your options in dealing with Ness, meaning the abort means, okay, stop. I really have to deal with this. This is stronger than I uh, thought it was. I need to find the source of it and deal with it in the right way. I need tools that help me to deal with this specifically. There's no right way to or general way of dealing with nefs. You have to strategize how to deal with a problem, your problem. So each time it's a little different. So you have to figure out what's the best way to work on this. Yeah. So that's abort means stop. Let's figure, see what this is. Ignore, in the, in the sense of Ness, is yes, if it's one of those impertinent and intermittent light style Ness is like, but I want, I want this to be about me. That's the time you can go, I'm not going to give you any energy. When you don't give Nefs energy, they don't have anything to go on. So that's why having a sense of humor about these is you go, <laughs> you again, go away. I don't want you. No energy, they have nothing to go on. It's when we give them energy that they take root and think that they're important. They're not important. They're all trying to make you small. To me, that's the definition of shaitan. Anything that makes you small, whether it's it's fear or you want to be big or you want to be your victim or you feel like a failure or you feel narcissistic or, you know, whatever it is, they're all about that's the wrong size, the wrong size. You want to be with Allah. You want to be in the right hierarchy. Allah is first. I'm next. And we can see what's going on in my relationships. So each, each nest requires specific work. Abort, retry means, are you sure the strategy that you're working on this nest is working? If not, maybe we need to take a look at it and maybe get a different strategy. Usually NAFs, if you work on them and focus on them, two to three months, you can overcome them. 
But if you're not focused on working on the nefs, it can take too long. When it stretches out over six months, something's not right. You need focus. I, I go on the Art of War, Lao Tzu says you have to focus your army. You can't divide them up. Some people, when they come into Sufa, they say, I want to work on all my nefs right now. I want it done. Get it over with. No, it doesn't work that way. You got to focus one thing at a time. Keep your army on that one thing. Or as my sheikh says, you put it in the forefront of your consciousness and you keep it there. Sometimes you need a memory, a memnonic device, like putting your wristwatch on the other wrist so that you go, well, that's not, oh yeah, that's right. I remember now. Or, or you wear something on your head or some, a rubber band, or you wear your glasses all the time, or you wear them like this, or you, just something that physically reminds you you're working on that nefs. Assalamu alaikum, Marids, seekers, curious, and interested listeners. We appreciate you and are happy to share our Sufi message. Your donation will help support our Sufi center in Sydney, where we do zikr, sobat, spiritual counseling, and healing services. We believe the message should be free, but it costs equipment, rental, services, software, and hardware to get this to you. So thank you for choosing our podcast among all the millions available. If you go to our website, ansarisufiorder.org, you will be able to donate through PayPal whatever you think this information is worth to you. Blessings and love, the Australian Ansari Sufi Order.